Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Here's what we got coming up over the next hour or so of the show. In a minute or two, we'll talk to Trey Wingo, one of our favorite guests on the NFL each week. Later this hour, bottom of the hour, we'll replay for you the best of Dave Dombrowski today. Really, a lot of topics hit on Bryce Harper, the surgery timeline, what kind of surgery could be happening next Wednesday. Um, Reese Hoskins, will he be traded or not? Howard, we had a great question. Sam Fold, I thought, really hit on why they like Reese, despite the flaws in his game. And it was kind of interesting listening to the messaging of, of who their shortstop is right now. And it's not Bryce and Stott. They, didn't, they kept not mentioning him as a shortstop, which could be a leverage play, I think, in the shortstop market. So a lot to get to, and then we'll react in a hot stove check-in at 9 p.m. tonight. First, let's take a call. Joe is in Feasterville. Joe's been waiting. Joe is on WIP. Hey, Joe. How you doing, Joe? Joe, I'm doing well tonight, buddy. What's on your mind? I just wanted to say, listen, the Eagles lost the game on turnovers and soft defense. Third down. Third down. Third and five, they got it. Third and six, they got it. Third and ten, they got it. It was horrible. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, Joe, they allowed 12 third down conversions. That's the most in franchise history in a game. Wow. Yeah. I knew it was bad. I, you know, I was watching the game. I thought, you know, when we came out looking good, I, I don't blame the offense, but how about the bad turnovers? How about the bad fumbles? Oh, the Joe, the fumbles were, were horrendous. And, and then that, that interception that bounced out of A.J. Brown's hands, that ball was perfect. It hit him right in the hands, and it just bounced out. I know. I mean, what happened? You know, one bad game's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it on the chin. And, uh, you know, I'll move forward. Could we play next week? I didn't check the schedule. Colts. Colts on Sunday. Oh, Sunday, 1 o'clock? Yes. Uh, in Indianapolis oh. against the Colts. I will beat them, I, I hope. And, and listen, real quick. What, um, I always ask these guys when I, uh, you know, when I call a mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, radio station, what's the favorite sandwich? What's your favorite sandwich? My favorite? That's a, Well, I mean, I, I think if we're talking about, like, local sandwiches, you mean? Or, like, my favorite sandwich well, to make in the I house? I mean, like, cheesecake, hoagie, what do you go with? I mean... What's the good move on the football day? What sandwich you get? All right, Joe. Appreciate it. Well, so it's full disclosure. I am, I am no, I no longer eat meat. For the last few years, I've been a vegetarian. What would fat Joe have eaten on a uh, Yeah, more plant-based Joe now. But um, back in the day, so of, and I've had all these sandwiches. Like this hasn't been my whole life. I've had all of them, but I, I like roast pork better than the cheese stick. Or at least I did. I, I imagine it's the same. Has anything really changed in the last four years? No, they haven't really changed. Like sandwiches are pretty much the same as they were four years ago. Yes, um, a lot more seeded bread now. I w- if we're gonna nitpick the evolution of sandwiches. Now, are you into that or not? I do like sesame seeds. Oh, I mean, so I do too. And for a while, I had to move away from sesame seeds in my house because my daughter was allergic to sesame. She's past it now. Who is she? Zaire Smith? Uh, yes, exactly. I mean, that's what, that's exactly what happened. We found out it's in a similar way. Now she wasn't a first round pick in the NBA. So like it wasn't, you know, it didn't ruin her career. Let's just put it that way. She's, she's a kindergartner now. She's fine. But I do like sesame rolls too, but I'll be also to go back in the day when I did eat, um, roast pork cheesesteaks. I was never a big sandwich on a game day guy. Like I, I like I liked wings more on a game day. Now I, I try I gravitate towards the cauliflower wings uh, instead. But like I like that kind of buffalo flavor on a game day more than the sandwich. I'm more of a wings and pizza guy. Like yeah, I, pizza. I like a food that you can keep going back for more. And like if you do have sandwich, like if you're making you know roast beef or roast pork sandwiches, like maybe get smaller rolls and you know 
have right. a couple sliders or something. Right, you go back upstairs, you grab something. Like, uh, watching a football game is like a four-hour event. I don't want to blow my load eating a sandwich in the first quarter. Yeah, because this, the roast pork sandwich or the cheesesteak, it's probably gone halfway through the first quarter. Yeah, like I need something to snack on all day. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, the other thing I, I do, I'll have uh, homemade nachos or something like that. Chip salsa, that, that's kind of lazy, but you can just do that. Make your own nachos. Like I like that too for a, like a snack during the game. Yeah, I like chips. I have a mini crock pot. I like putting queso in. How many? I'm a big crock pot guy. Uh, it's it's tiny. It's a, it's about yay big. I know that doesn't work on radio, <laughs> but you know you, now, you can hold it in one hand. All right, just to bring people in here, I I would say what Tucker just showed me feels like uh, maybe a quarter, a fifth of a regular crock pot. It like I bought a regular crock pot. This came with it as like a as, as a sidekick. Oh, how about that? I could use a mini crock pot because I I use them, but then like. It's also pretty big. You got to take the whole thing out, and then if you don't fill the whole thing up, doesn't it feel like you're wasting your time? A little bit, yeah. I want a mini crock pot now. All right, that's that's next up on my uh, my list. All right, we got a lot more to touch on here, but right now, Tucker, we're gonna have one of our favorite guests on, our guy Trey Wingo. Yeah, and the one and only Trey Wingo is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars, and if you don't win, you'll get it back. It's a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. And now joined as we are every week by the aforementioned Trey Wingo to talk some NFL and some Eagles. And Trey, we got a surprise on Monday night. The Eagles lose their first game. Uh, big favorites in the game. And, and they just they didn't play well. I mean, the turnovers went the other way on them. Uh, a lot of mistakes. And the big thing that we keep talking about here in Philadelphia is their run defense. Trey, how, how big yeah. of a deal do you think this is? Because we talked about it last week and then, and then it kind of played out where they just couldn't get off the field with all those uh, commanders runs. Yeah, Joe, great to be with you. And that was the difference in the game. I mean, it was a dominating line of scrimmage performance by, by Washington. You know, it was uh, 40 minutes holding the ball to under 20 for the Eagles. Um, you know, in the last three games, ever since Jordan Davis went out, I think the rushing yards given us 148, 152, and 168. So it's a significant issue. Hopefully, Linval Joseph, who they signed today, will help. And hopefully, Jordan comes back sooner than expected. But Right now, if, if you're the Eagles, well, you can excuse the loss, right? Hey, everyone's going to have a bad game. I mean, they had more turnovers in that game than they had the entire season, 4-3. So everyone's going to lay an egg. I mean, somehow the Colts beat the Chiefs. <laughs> so everyone's going to have a bad game, but the bigger picture going forward is can they get that run defense fixed? Yeah, and you mentioned uh, signing Linval Joseph here. It feels like they're trying to to patch this up until Davis gets back because there's really no and, – and, and, Trey, there might not be anyone in the league that's like Jordan Davis, but it, they really yeah. have given him a big role as a rookie, which is you're in on every first down and, and you're going to make us play a light box because you could almost handle two yeah. gaps all by yourself. It, it's it's funny. He went down. I don't think it was a big deal here, but now we're seeing he's he's hard to replace. Yeah, he's a, he's a space eater that can move, right? There, there's two kinds of – sort of defensive linemen. There are space eaters, and there are space eaters that can actually be athletic. And Limbaugh Joseph, actually, I know it's his 13th NFL season. Uh, he, I think he's going to be pleasantly surprising to, in, in a good way to a bunch of Eagles fans. He can still play. Uh, you know, it's, it's like Melvin Ingram last year, was, which was traded to the Chiefs for, I think, you know, a tackling dummy and a roll of tape. And he was awesome. And you can see how Melvin Ingram just was, uh, you know, once again sort of, a late signing has blossomed and done so well for the Miami Dolphins. I think Limbaugh Joseph is going to be pleasantly surprising in a very good way for Eagles fans. Trey, how big of a deal do you think the Dallas Goddard injury is going to be for the Eagles? And we're not sure exactly how long yeah. he'll be out. I mean, you know, it, 
the way it's been kind of projected or reported, it's it's not season ending, but he's on the IR. I'm thinking somewhere between four and, and six or seven weeks. So hopefully back before the postseason, but it's going to be a while. I, I just look at this. There's, there's so few tight ends in the league trade that could both block really well and be big time yeah. receivers. He's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. He um, he's it's tough. Like there. There are very few tight ends that are matchup problems in terms of their skill set. Like everybody, like the Cowboys love Dalton Schultz, and they're paying him what eleven million dollars this year, which I don't quite understand. I mean, I like Dalton, but he can't do the things that Dallas Goddard can do. You know, he's he's a Travis Kelsey type player, for lack of a better term. He's big, he can move, and he's he's not he's more than a willing participant uh, in in the blocking game. So you know, the other thing that it does, if you're if you know if you're a defender or our defensive coordinator, you're saying, okay, let's make sure we, we take out the two stud wide receivers. We've got to make sure A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith doesn't beat us. Well, you saw, you know, for, the, for, for most of this season, well, if you're going to do that, we'll just carve you up the middle with Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders out of the backfield. It creates an, he creates mismatches that are hard to recover from defensively, and so now you're going to have to get a little more creative going forward with Philadelphia's offense. Trey, is it time to take the Minnesota Vikings really seriously uh, here in Philadelphia? Now, the Eagles played them, and they beat them, and that, that tiebreaker might end up deciding the home field advantage. But I, I think after week two here, it seemed like most fans in Philadelphia kind of put them aside and said, ah, oh, Eagles took care of them. They're not that good. They haven't lost since, yeah. and they went to Buffalo yeah. this weekend and pulled out a crazy victory. How good do you think this Vikings team is? Well, we'll find out, honestly, um, this week, because they're playing the Cowboys. And believe it or not, they're a one-point home underdog to the Cowboys. The last time the Vikings beat the Cowboys in Minnesota was 2010 when the starting quarterbacks in that game were Tony Romo for the Cowboys and Brett Favre for the Vikings, and Randy Moss had five catches for 55 yards. For whatever reason, the Cowboys have been able to walk into, uh, walk into Minnesota and come away with a win a lot. But the Vikings are a really good team. And, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't sexy. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's really, really consistent. And he's really, really good at not making terrible decisions. Now, I don't like using him as a quarterback sneak on fourth and goal. I'd love a play action, a waggle maybe to Dalvin Cook, but they got away with that because Josh couldn't execute the, uh, the, the quarterback sneak. But Minnesota, if you look at their weapons top to bottom on offense, they're as good as anybody in football. Their defense can be a little suspect, but they're opportunistic. They came up with two red zone stops in that game against Buffalo, which was the difference in the game, those two Patrick Peterson interceptions. So, um, I think they're going to be a tough out. And, uh, you, you, look, you guys beat the crap out of them in week two. It wasn't even close. It was a, kind of like one of those games where a good team sort of plays with their food for a while when they get up big and they just sort of just let's get to the end of this. But uh, Minnesota, I think, is a much better team now than they were when Philly took them down in week two. We're talking to Trey Wingo here about some NFL as we move forward to week 11. Trey, I think if I said to you before the season there would be a division at the halfway point of the season – they would have an eight and one team, a seven and two team, a six and three team, and a five and five yeah. team. You would have said, "Oh, the AFC West, of course, the Chiefs, the Chargers, right. the Broncos, the Raiders." Well, no, that's the NFC East. Trey, I mean, are you past the point now of expecting the regression to come? I, I, I am now. I mean, I don't think the Giants are going to win fourteen games, but I mean, these teams—they yeah. win every week, and, and we might have a scenario. I know that might cannibalize each other in December, but there is an outside yeah. chance, Trey, that we get four playoff teams from the NFC East in the NFC this year. Four would be interesting. Uh, I could definitely see four would be, you know, historic, record-breaking. Uh, but it's, it's certainly possible, depending on how everything plays out. You know, it's funny because I have a lot of folks in Green Bay telling me, oh, the Packers saved their season with that win over Dallas. I'm like, look at their schedule. They're currently the nine seed. 
in the NFC. And look at their – just go take a look at the, the Packers' schedule. It is brutal. they got to play the Vikings again. they got to play the Dolphins. They, they have to play a lot of really – they're playing Tennessee on Thursday, and they're one of the worst-run defenses in football. King Henry could carve them up on Thursday night. So I'm with you. The NFC East is murderer's row. The, the, the winning percentage in the NFC East right now is so far and above not only what we expected – but what we've seen historically from one division this late in the season, it's absolutely remarkable. Trey, let's look forward to this weekend. Eagles and the Colts, uh, a game that a week ago uh, people were kind of chuckling at, like, oh, the Colts are terrible. Yeah. They got Jeff Saturday, who we talked about last week, a former colleague of yours coaching the team now. Well, a week later, it's funny to look at the uh, the betting line on the game because the Eagles were double-digit favorites. Then Sunday and Monday played out. Colts won under Jeff Saturday. Eagles lost their first game. Eagles dealing with some injuries now. And all of a sudden, that, uh, that spread looks like it's less than a touchdown, about six and a half right now. I think the Eagles will, will bounce back and play more of the way they did for most of the season, but suddenly that game is interesting on Sunday, especially with Jonathan Taylor and the potential to run on this Eagles defense. Yeah, look, you know, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled for Jeff, and we talked about it last week. He's such a friend of mine, but it's, it's one thing to beat the Raiders. It would be another thing to beat Philadelphia, even with the injuries. And that six-and-a-half-point spread is interesting uh, because uh, when, when, the, uh, when the Colts have been a home, uh, home dog by six points or more of the last uh, five seasons, they're one and six straight up and two and five against the spread. But that lone win, weirdly enough, uh, was, uh, was uh, this year when they took down the Chiefs somehow in week three. Now, I have good news and bad news when it comes to Philadelphia in this situation. What do you want first, the good news or the bad news? Let's start, I always like to start with bad news, then I'll feel good at the end. I'm with you, I'm with you 100%. Okay, so we, we sort of tracked this over the last few seasons uh, about teams that start 8-0 and or better and what happens after their first loss, right? In, uh, in 11 of 14 meetings over the last 10 seasons, after an undefeated team that was 8-0 and or better loses their first game, uh, 11 of the 14 then went on to lose the next game before they turned it around. So that's sort of the historical bad news for Philadelphia. But here's the good news. 8-1 and one is without question, the best thing anyone in Philadelphia could want. This is the sixth time the Eagles have started 8-1. and one. Every other of the five times that they started 8-1, and one, they've either won the NFL championship or appeared in the final game, which is a fancy way of saying they've made it to three Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, and before the Super Bowl era, the two times they started 8-1, and one, they actually won the NFL championship. So you should feel good about that for Philadelphia because 8-1 and one, historically, you guys have played for the title, which means you're going to Arizona. So you've convinced me now not to panic if they lose the Colts this weekend and said to double down that they're going to be in the Super Bowl. That, that, that's the way I read that. There it is. And, and make sure you make all those bets using the Caesar Sportsbook app, my man. Of course. Talking to Trey Wingo here. Trey, um, we talked on the about the MVP race last week, and, and then it, yeah. it kind of got flipped upside down a little bit because Jalen Hurts lost, although I didn't think he played poorly. The Eagles lost, so he doesn't have the undefeated thing next to him anymore. And Josh Allen you know, we touched on that Bills-Vikings game, but the Josh Allen factor, it's, it's back-to-back weeks where he's just not playing well enough and turning the ball over within the red zone uh, at, a, at yeah. a considerable amount. Trey, last time we talked, I think we had the three big quarterbacks and we were debating the order, whether it be Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. And, Trey, I, I doubted this guy, but I, I think it's time that we have to put Tua in this mix. I mean, the way he's moving that Dolphins offense, Tua strikes me as a very legitimate MVP candidate right now. Well, his last three games, he's thrown three touchdowns, no interceptions, 300 yards, and completed, I think, 70% of his passes in three straight games. Absolutely, he has to be in that conversation. And Jalen shouldn't get dinged for this loss. He was hardly on the field. Like, you know, 
it wasn't his fault Quez fumbled that ball. You know, it wasn't his fault that Goddard fumbled. Even though there was a face mask there, I understand that. And they missed it. It's going to happen. You know, those things are going to happen. Um, so I don't think Jalen gets too dinged to this thing. I would just say I'll, I'll default to the thing I've said all along. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football, and I don't think it's particularly close. You know, I, let, let's take it this way. Okay, of all the top quarterbacks in the NFL, whether it's Jalen Hurts, Tuatonga Vailoa, uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, would any of those quarterbacks trade their wide receivers for the cadre of Chiefs wide receivers? And I think the honest answer is no. Yet somehow with those guys, not only are they right now sitting pretty with the best record in the AFC, they're the highest scoring offense in football, despite moving on from Tyreek Hill. And Patrick Mahomes is leading the league in yards and touchdown passes, even though his closest competitors have actually played one more game than him. It's remarkable. And I agree with you. He is the best player in football. It's always like we're looking for the next shiny thing to move him out of the top spot, but he's that right. guy. Let's end with this, Trey. And, you know, and your various roles over the years, you've, you've been on shows that have talked daily about NFL potential rule changes and every year at the owners' meetings when they discuss this stuff. You know, you mentioned that Goddard play on Monday, uh, the face mask that they miss, and, and refs miss calls. It happens. Sure. But do you think we soon should be at the point where penalties, certain penalties could be reviewable? It just was laughable to me that they went into the booth or they, they looked at that replay to make sure he fumbled, right? They have to review all pen, all turnovers. And they saw Correct. it, right? They, like all yeah. of us, rewatched it, and they must have thought to themselves like, oh, wow, we missed that. And they couldn't do anything about it because that's just the way it's set up. Do you think penalties should be reviewable? Well, they tried that a couple of years ago, remember? After the disaster of the, the non-PI right. call in the NFC Championship game. And then they said, okay, we're going to make pass interference reviewable. And I'm telling you, Joe, I watched so many games where it was clear that literal assault was taken, was, was, had taken place against a wide receiver, and it was so blatantly obvious, and they still didn't turn it over. So it's not only – I'm for that change. Like, I think that's a great idea. Hey, look, we saw something. It's clear and obvious. We should fix it. The problem is when they even went through that system, they still didn't fix it. So it would be one thing to say, hey, you can review it, but then you have to have the guts to do it. And, I, and the, the NFL and the refs just didn't have the guts to do it the last time this was presented. So even if they put that rule in place, then you have to actually enact it. And my question is, are they actually going to do that? But I would love to see that. I mean, it's, it was so clear and obvious. Yeah, and it, it could be a mechanism to fix problems when, when they accidentally happen. Trey, we always appreciate you hopping on. Have a great week, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you, Trey. You got it, Joe. Take care, buddy. Great stuff uh, from Trey Wingo, as always. Tucker, we always uh, love having Trey Wingo on the show. And you know, Joe, that the one and only Trey Wingo is brought to you by Caesars, and your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250, and if you don't win, you get it back. As a free bet, terms and conditions apply. Must be 21+. plus. Yeah, he was pretty high on the Linval-Joseph side. I think there's some, there's some decent snaps left in, in that big guy in the middle here for the Eagles. So we shall see, but he tends to think the Eagles will bounce back Sunday against the Colts. I hope he is right. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop in. React to what Trey Wingo said when we get back. Let's listen. The best of Dave Dabrowski today and Sam Fulton of the Phillies this offseason, the Bryce Harper surgery. Will Reese Hoskins be on the trade block? And the messaging at the shortstop position, the Phillies sound like they think they have a shortstop, except his name is not Bryce's Stott. We'll let you hear all that next, and we'll react to it in a hot stove check-in right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.